Jock, start the engine. guys and welcome back to another episode of the indiana jones universe a podcast in which we learn more about the character of indiana jones exploring other content in the indiana jones universe as always i'm will and i'm max and thanks for joining us for episode six in which today we're going to talk about all about film composer john williams who's been a staple of the indiana jones films for years uh hence the name the man the myth the legend uh today we're basically going to uh kind of go into a deep dive basically of John Williams. We're going to talk about his career, uh, his legacy, um, and then specifically uh, his style of music, his score, uh, and how he pairs his music so well with the, with the films. And then so we're going to kind of do kind of an overview about the Indiana Jones films and the music. And then at the end, Max and I will each share uh, which, epi- or which film we think has the best soundtrack. And we'll talk about some specific tracks we like. Uh, obviously, uh, we've been playing music at the beginning of each episode, and so as the podcast continues, you'll hear uh, some more tracks of John Williams uh, throughout. And today's track was Flight from Peru from the film Raiders of the Lost Ark. Of course, uh, that's a soundtrack and piece uh, that is definitely very reminiscent of this scene when you listen to it on its own. Uh, so let's kind of jump right in. So John Williams, uh, obviously, is one of the most popular if not the most famous film composer of all time definitely Uh, i mean he he definitely kind of he was almost in a way the successor to leonard bernstein Uh, he worked with him uh many times and one of the things about john williams is that he just uh he has done some of the most critically acclaimed films and that i think is one of the reasons he is so well known it's just these films have been transformed by his music right i mean Let's let's take an example. Like, a lot of people are Star Wars fans and Indiana Jones fans. What would Star Wars be without you know Indi- right. uh you know John Williams music? It would be not as famous of a movie, and oh, I would say probably uh, it would probably cut the audience in half. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> the, you just think about. I, I I always bring this up when people ask me, you know, uh, what are you interested in, and and I and I always and I always explain you know, about film scores, that that's one of my favorite genres of music, if not my favorite. And, and you know, people always ask me about film scores, and I've been a fan of film scores for years, so I always tell them what I like, who I like, things like that. And once I was explaining to someone about film scores, and and the, and the way I described it to them, which I think was actually a pretty interesting way to describe it, is I said, okay, think about your favorite movie. Don't tell it to me, but think about your favorite movie. And they said, okay, you know, I'm thinking about that movie. And I said, all right. Now, imagine that movie, the scenes that you're seeing, the setting, picture everything. The actors, the actresses, the props, the sound effects, everything. Think about it. Are you thinking about it? And then they said, okay, okay. And I said, all right. Now, think about that same exact movie without any of the music. It's not a... It's not a movie without right, music. Right. I mean, and so, whether it's John Williams or some right. other composer, whether it's a musical or not, it's not a movie without music. Yeah, it, I, it's not a full 
it's, it's not a complete project, I think. And I think we often take the music for granted, especially when we look at some of these movies. And I, and I always like to bring up action-packed movies as an example as well. So for us Marvel fans out there, uh, things like the Avengers, talk about the Iron Man movies, Captain America, we take that music a little bit more for granted than the others because there's so much happening on screen that the music often gets faded away. We all know the Avengers theme, but do we really know every piece of music that goes into it? So this is where I think John Williams separates himself from other composers. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, John Williams does a lot of the music for Steven Spielberg's movies, right? Right. Almost all of them, actually, except two. Which ones? Uh, I, I know it's Bridge of Spies. Uh, I saw that movie. That's a great film, by the way. Uh, Thomas Newman did the score to that. And there was another film that he didn't do. I'm forgetting the name of it. But Bridge of Spies and another film he didn't do. But every other one he's done. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Now, again, I, I don't... I People don't consider like Star Wars or Indiana Jones or Steven Spielberg's movies musicals because they don't have a bunch of singing and la da right. and, you know, Happy Land and everybody at the <laughs> end comes out and sings. But I think you could consider them an instrumental musical. Right. They're a musical in their own way. I like the, I like how you put that because right. I, I do agree with that point that I think when I hear the soundtrack and when you look at an album in kind of its entirety and, and we'll bring talk about this a little bit later when we discuss our favorite uh scores from the series is that i think definitely the soundtrack on its own is a musical representation of the movie and it really is because when you listen to some of these tracks especially if like from star wars and things right uh the tie fighter attack theme right you know what's going on during that theme if you've seen this movie enough times you know what's happening and so i think that is a good point you made right and you know one thing I love about John Williams' score is that I don't get with other composers. Now, I'm a big soundtracks fan, so I have, you know, soundtracks from tons of different composers from tons of different movies. There's one thing that happens when I listen to John Williams' scores, whether it's Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Jaws, whatever, right? When I listen to a specific song from whatever movie or album or it, it is, mm-hmm. I can picture exactly what is happening in the movie. Right, right. I, I agree with you on that one. And that's something that I don't think happens with a lot of other films. And this is kind of going back to that point of the musical representation. You can picture what is happening. And that is, I think, one of the secrets and one of the underlying reasons that we love John Williams so much and that we remember these scores, right? You've seen the movie in the 1980s if you were, you know, uh, Saw Raiders of the Lost Ark in theaters. You're still going to remember, like, oh, wait, that's from Indiana Jones. That was from the tank scene, or whatever the case may be. And and I think that is what separates him from a lot of other composers. And I think that's kind of the secret right. of how he's so good. And so uh, one, one of the things that I love about John Williams as well is um, he has been composing scores forever. And he met George Lucas originally for Jaws. And something that he still does to this day is he sees the movie first without any music. This is kind of how film score works, by the way. Uh, You watch the film uh, without any music. And so everybody basically but the composer has been working on this film for years, right? And John Williams comes in, he watches the film, and basically has to like it. (laughs) In in a sense, he he kind of has to like it. So you watch the film, and watching the film without music 
is something that you have to be really good at as a film com score composer because you need to be able to figure out relationships with characters, setting, uh, scene, what's happening in all of these different environments, and you need to be able to somehow create music for them right. and match it perfectly. And so you watch the film, and John Williams, he goes home on his own old Steinway piano, and he begins composing themes for characters, which is something that we'll talk about in a second. Mm -hmm. And he does it for specific scenes, the entire movie, right on his good old Steinway. <laughs> and he writes with pencil and paper. And if you think about some of these scores that we're listening to nowadays, a lot of it is computers and synthesizers. Oh, yeah. S many people still use the classic orchestra. And John Williams also doesn't use computers. And... In an interview I've listened to by John Williams before, by the way, if you haven't listened to a John Williams interview, uh, there's numerous ones out there. He's won awards, too. He's actually won uh, the second most Academy nominations and awards after or after Walt Disney. Walt Disney has the most, then it's John Williams. I'm surprised. And he's not even making the movies. Think about that. He's just writing the music, and he still has so many of these nominations and awards. And so if you listen to any of these interviews... He goes through kind of the process and talks about this, and he was just never exposed to computers and synthesizers, right? He's been living forever. He's 87 years old, and this guy's still making music that we love. He doesn't know anything about computers, so he still uses the classic 100-piece orchestra, right? The London Symphony Orchestra, one of the best in the world. He still uses them. I would and say so, the best in the world, oh, by yeah, the way. Sure, and it's one, of the, it's, it's one of the things that I love about this so much is... Although every soundtrack is different, you're still getting that same classic, rich sound with right. every piece. Now, here's something that I wanted to bring up and kind of compare it to. So, if you list, if you grow up now and listen to modern day rap music or whatever the kids nowadays listen to, right? <laughs> you're gonna hear almost all of them use auto tune to right. make their voices go on that specific note perfectly right now think about something think about <clears throat> let's think about uh let's we'll just for this example say raiders march they're they recorded that live with microphones no autotune no computers right. this it was, was 1981 right they probably recorded it to a reel-to-reel -reel tape if you guys know what that is and <clears throat> it sounds like Someone, it doesn't sound like someone created it on a computer because that would sound very electronic. Right. But, but it sounds perfect. It sounds perfect. It sounds, every note is exactly perfect. Right. Like, it's in tune. Everything blends together. Right. And, and that's the thing that I also always found interesting as well is just his ability to be able to incorporate the orchestra so well into his music. Right. And so that was one of the things is, if you listen to a lot of these tracks, when you listen back to some of his film scores, is just there is so many different instruments that have been utilized throughout, right? You've got some cellos, violins, French horns, trumpets, everything you're going to hear, right? Yeah. And each, each instrument has a different role. And so, you know, I, uh, one of the things that I also thought was so interesting is just the way in which he uses the instruments as well not just the instruments he incorporates 
but how he uses them and what parts and notes and rhythms he assigns to each instrument and how it all blends together. And so, uh, back to the interview that I was listening to, there's a few funny stories with John Williams that I always thought were interesting and, and that I've learned over the years by learning more about John Williams. And so, right when uh, George Lucas came up with the idea to do a Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Steven Spielberg really wanted to do a James Bond film. That was kind of his aspiration in the 80s. He really wanted to do one. And so Lucas being Lucas, of course, convinced him to do Indy. Right. right. And, and so uh, they Which met said. at a beach one day. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about what they were going to do for Raiders. Right. They had, of course, the character down. They were thinking about roles, plot lines, all that. And they met... And they started talking, and they say, you know what? John Williams has to write the music. And then George Lucas goes, great. Let's get lunch and figure out the rest of the movie later. (laughs) (laughs) And that just goes to show, I mean, John Williams has been incorporated in, like you said, so many Spielberg films, right? He he got uh, the role for Indiana Jones uh, because of Lucas, had worked with him with Jaws and and in Star Wars, and the relationship between the three of these men is remarkable, right? They each kind of know their style of film, how they want the music incorporated, and if you really think about it, as much as John Williams deserves all the credit for this music and the orchestra, you've got to consider how much credit you need to give to George Lucas and Spielberg. I mean, these guys really want to incorporate the music a lot. They really, truly believe... And we've talked about how great the young Indiana Jones score is. Hey, it wasn't John Williams. You notice the similarity there? Right. George Lucas has worked on both of those projects, and he really values incorporating music into these movies. And so that's what I always thought was kind of interesting. And when they originally made the Raiders March theme, actually, uh, Spielberg came to John Williams' house, and he played both of them on the piano. And the first theme was uh, the first part of the song. Right. And that second verse that you hear in Raiders March was actually the second version Williams had proposed to be the theme. And Spielberg goes, how about we just use both of them? Right. And I was like, I, I never knew that actually, which I thought was really cool, that the Raiders March is actually comprised of two separate themes Williams wrote, and Spielberg liked them so much, he just put them together, and that is the Raiders March we have today. Speaking of fun facts about Indiana Jones, it's a little off topic, but his original name was Indiana Smith. Oh, yes, that's another thing. His original name was Indiana Smith. You know, that's that's funny to me, actually, when I learned that. That really... I, I, that, 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 I was that, tripping the whole day. That would just be <laughs> weird. Like It is weird. Welcome to the Indiana Smith podcast, you know? <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> right. And, you know, I kind of think of um, John Williams as the Spielberg composer. Oh. You know... Here's something I would like to do also. Probably compose a theme for Spielberg's life, like waking up in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's on his alarm. (laughs) You know, that'd be priceless. And you know, something that I would like to try sometime is being the actor, one, recording just your lines in the movie. Like, I don't know if you know, but sometimes nowadays, like in really cheesy and kids, like, um you know, TV shows or movies, mm-hmm. they're like, did you hear that? And they, li- and they like, play some kind of sound. Now, 
when the actors are doing that, they don't hear that because, again, all the music is post-production. Right. It's after. And also something I'd like to hear, you know how you ha you said John Williams basically has to like the movie? He still listens to the, the um, movie without any music. Exactly. And he has to make up the music for it, which... And something they do, which you also have to consider as well, is they do basically an interesting recording session in which... Spielberg, Lucas, and, you know, whoever else is involved, meet with John Williams, and they say, okay, which parts of the movie are we going to have music and not? Because you have to consider, there is not music throughout the entire movie. No. Only in specific points. So pinpointing those areas in which you hear music is important. And because one of the things that I've always actually enjoyed a lot about his soundtrack is just the style that changes throughout, right? He'll yeah. do different styles. He'll do different kind of thematic elements throughout it and that's what I think makes him so special as well and if you listen to a track from any of John Williams movies right you know you can imagine where they are right. what if what if, if it's the location where it is in the movie right whatever exactly and so we could talk about John Williams for hours but let's kind of get started with some more specific tracks and talk a little bit more about what makes the Indiana Jones soundtrack so special. So, uh, Max, you obviously have your opinion on what you think uh, the best album from the series is, which movie has the best soundtrack, and so do I. Uh, so why don't you get started? Right. Okay, so I like all the soundtracks. I mean, it's re it, it took me a while. Don't we all? Yeah, I know. We like all the soundtracks. I mean, it's obvious. John Williams is a great composer. Great. We've gone over here for the past uh, now 17 minutes. So, I, I like Raiders a lot. And it, I mean, I like Raiders. I like Temple of Doom. I like Last Crusade. They're all great movies. Right. Now, I like how you didn't include Crystal Skull in that one. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason for, <laughs> for that. For a reason. We'll have another episode coming soon on that, guys. Uh, um, anyway... <laughs> There is actually a few songs I do like from Crystal Skull. One, I agree. Yeah. One of them is uh, Adventures of Mud. But, um, That's a good one. You know, it was really hard for me to choose between Raiders and Last Crusade. Now, you'll notice how I didn't include Temple of Doom in that. And that's just because, <clears throat> one, I don't, I don't particularly like Temple of Doom as a movie. The first time I watched Temple of Doom, I'm like, oh, well, this is not a very good movie. And I've watched it a second time, and... It's a good movie, but I think they could have done much better music for it. Mm. Now, there are a few tracks I like from Temple of Doom, some of which are, you know, Slave Children's Crusade. I oh, that's, some great that's, ones. that's mainly my favorite track. I wouldn't say necessarily the, the fact that we, we don't like the music. I, I see where you're coming from, and I like Temple of Doom personally, but I think, uh, you know, going off of what you were saying there, I think the fact that it is more of a dark movie. I definitely think it's changing the representation of the music t uh, based on some of the other ones. Right. So I, I think, I, I do see what you're saying, that I that when I look at Indiana Jones overall, Temple of Doom, great soundtrack, but when I'm really looking at it, I, I do see your point at how it might be a little bit weaker than the others just because of the fact that there's such a dark theme in it, and I think that overshadows the music just a little bit. Right, and a dark theme is not necessarily bad. Like, for oh, example, no. there's definitely dark parts in the other movies because... Yeah you know, of uh, the Nazis and whatever else is going on in the movie. Right. But I really feel like Temple of Doom is dark throughout the entire movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a good movie, but it's really, really dark. And, you know, as I was saying before, 
I really had a hard time choosing between Raiders and Last Crusade because, you know, Raiders is a classic. It was the first ever Indiana Jones movie. Right. And Last Crusade has great music. They both have great music. But for this one, I really had to go with Last Crusade because, you know, the music is just so phenomenal in that movie. Like, they have... I really feel like the music was much better represented in that movie. Not by a, a lot, but it was definitely a little more represented than it was in Raiders. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, like, you'll hear the first theme that ever plays in, you know, Last Crusade in little snippets throughout all the other parts. Now, Mm -hmm. you hear that a few times in Raiders, but not as much as you do in Last Crusade. I see. Now, for an example, the the song Alarm from Last Crusade. Right. That's a great one. That has a snippet of Scherzo for Motorcycle Orchestra. Right. Which is one of my fa- all-time favorites. I love Scherzo for Motorcycle Orchestra. And the interesting thing about Scherzo for Motorcycle and Orchestra, speaking of that track, is I think it's just because of the, the... What's happening during that scene, right? There's a motorcycle chase. And yet we have this kind of, like, happy, kind of adventurous theme, uh, you know, with the violins and, and, and with other instruments. And it's not necessarily, like, a very harsh or good versus evil theme, right? And so I like that track a lot. And the fact that it reappears is interesting because that scene only happens at one point during the movie, yet we right. hear that theme for that scene throughout in the tracks like Alarm. Yeah, and it also appears in Finale and End Credits. Now, right. I want to talk a little bit about Finale and End Credits because it's not just a piece. It's not just the End Credits. Right. It's... You know, I I wonder something about this track. I wonder if they actually composed it as a separate track, or oh. they or they cut snippets from different songs and put them together. This is an interesting debate. So, for those of you who may not know what we're referring to, um, in the movies, and this happens in Star Wars as well, by the way, uh, in the end credits of the movies, right, everyone's leaving. It's over. Right. What I really find interesting about John Williams is that he takes all of these themes that we've heard throughout the movie and he basically puts them into one long track through the end credits. So while you're watching the end credits, you're hearing all of these different themes. And I really, really like that because I really think it kind of gives us kind of a closure of the movie. You start with whatever was happening in that last final scene, transition into the themes, and then you end with the classic Raiders March at the end. And I love finale and end credits, which is the name of the track. That might be one of my favorite tracks of all time, uh, to be honest. And I know you're like, it's an end credit track, but it perfectly combines all of these different themes. And I do think that it was actually recorded as a separate track because there's a few slight variations in some of these uh, tracks that we think about, but they're blended really nicely. And so I agree with you. So basically, Last Crusade, you were saying that one of the things you like about it the most is just the fact that you have lots of these themes reoccurring throughout. Yeah, and, you know, let's say that I had a favorite, you know, I could not choose a favorite song from Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Finale Man Credits would be my favorite song because it has a bunch of different right. songs from the movie in it. Right. So, you know, if I can't choose a favorite song, that is my favorite right. song. Kind of like, you know, let's... Let me give you an example. Like, if I was watching a TV show, right, and it had some really good background music here, right. and I really liked this other track where they were singing, mm-hmm. you know, then if they mash those two together, like, 
that would be my favorite track. I wouldn't right. have to choose and listen to both of them. I would listen to them at the same time. Exactly. Yeah, and another reason I like Last Crusade is because they incorporate the music so well into that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it represents everything that Last Crusade stands for. If I hear that song, I know exactly what's happening. Right. I could... Yet now, there's not music in every single part of the movie. But if I listen to the Last Crusade soundtrack in order, I can visualize the almost the entire movie oh, in I my agree. head. I agree with that one. It's basically like, um, I'm basically watching a blind movie, I guess you yeah. could say. You know? Do you have any personal favorite tracks from that one specifically? Again, Finale and End Credits I like. Scherzo I really like. Yeah. I mean, I could listen to that all day, personally. <laughs> yeah. And, and I really like Scherzo for... There's one main reason, really, that I like it. It starts off very peppy and very, like, a little bit mysterious, Mm -hmm. but also very upbeat, and then goes into this big, like... Triumphant theme. Yes, triumphant theme, and we're like, ooh, what's happening here? Right. You know? And I really think that's a... I I also think, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, with the different use of instruments. I almost think that there's actually a style in this one. Whereas we, I, I look at Raiders a little bit more closely in some of these other films. Of uh, course there's a style. It's uh, John Williams style. Haven't you okay, heard of it? Yeah. It's brand new. <laughs> <laughs> but specifically about Last Crusade, he uses different instruments. But the sound that the orchestra creates, I think, is individualized for each and every movie. And I like the sound of the orchestra and the and the style that is represented in Last Crusade, like you said. And... and and some of the tracks are great. Of course, there's the reoccurring themes, like we mentioned. And then some individual ones, like Escape from Venice is a great track. I love oh, that yeah. one. Just because it's a that. very triumphant theme, right? You're, he's in a battle with Kazim. He just met Elsa, right? That's a great one. Uh, Indy's very first adventure. We talked. We are going to talk about this in a few weeks here. Um, that is a very, very nice track as well. And one of the things I like about Indy's very first adventure, that track... It's the longest track out of all of, in all of the soundtracks. It's twelve minutes long. Finale and end credits is shorter than that. Yeah, and oh. it literally Indy's very first adventure, literally is the entire prologue. Yeah, and that's one of the things where you can really visualize that scene. And I think it's just because, and I remember we talked about this when they make this movie, they decide where they're gonna put music in it. And John Williams is very very good at creating themes for characters and making specific sounds and themes for each scene that you're watching so that when you watch that movie and you watch that scene, right, that is going to stick with you and it's going to get stuck in your head. Yeah, definitely. And so uh, my favorite score personally, actually, I love Last Crusade. It's a great one. Uh, But all around, we're looking at all four of these movies. Which one is the best one? I have to go with the classic here. And go with Raiders of the Lost Ark. I figured you would. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know me too well. And uh, the reason I have Raiders of the Lost Ark here is because um, I like the style of this one a lot. Uh, They use a lot of brass instruments in this one. And there's this kind of German theme reoccurring throughout, along with Marion's theme. And the reason I like the Raiders of the Lost Ark soundtrack a little bit better than the Last Crusade one is because of this contradiction we have. We have this German military theme, and then Marion's theme. And Marion's theme is really a love theme. It's not... Really, yeah, I agree. 
it's not a theme about her, but it's a theme about her and Indy's right, relationship. And, right, and we don't realize that at first, but that's right. kind of what it comes to be. And I like that Marianne's theme evolves as well. We hear it in Crystal Skull, whether or not you think that movie is a pile of garbage, <laughs> you still have the soundtrack yes. evolving in it. And I like that, that it reoccurs again. And another thing about Crystal Skull as well, movie's garbage. We'll rant about this later. But... <laughs> You also have the Map Room Dawn. When they go into the Map Room... Oh, that's one of my I love favorite that. songs. And also, Raiders of the Lost Ark has a lot of archaeology comprised in that movie. A little bit more than some of the other ones. And I like the suspense and the tone of the music. It really but, gives off that in indie vibe. Right, it does. And, that, and the tone I really want to focus on. Because uh, the tone that it gives is, is not just mysterious. But it's almost like... Indy is listening to the music as he's exploring, you know, the city of Cairo and everything. You know what I mean? Like, in some films, right, the music and the soundtrack will actually be playing on a record player in that character's house or whatever, right? right. And I almost feel like that happens in this movie because I feel like it's really a good representation of what Indy is going through, what he's feeling, what's happening, um... And yeah, just all around, I think this one has a really interesting combination. Love the Last Crusade one. And actually, I wanted to ask you about the Last Crusade one. Mm -hmm. What do you think about the Last Crusade themes in terms of the relationship between Indy and his father? Because there's obviously a small theme that goes with that as well that's fleshed out throughout that movie. Was that, is that another reason you like the soundtrack? I mean, a little bit, yeah, because... You know, when in, when Indy's father shows up, we really do see, um, you know, a relationship. But I would kind of say Scherzo and Motorcycle Orchestra, you know, that's kind of Indy's father's theme. Because he is mainly the one on the motorcycle most of the time. If you look at the movie, you know, mm -hmm. he's on the motorcycle, a big majority of it. Right. And th that's one of the tracks that I think incorporates their experiences and then you get to the kind of the holy grail at the end there right and the theme for them changes right indiana let it go right not the holy grail so i like the relationship there and would you would you say that the music resembles their relationship yeah definitely. I, de I definitely think so as well yeah i would definitely agree i mean it represents that as we've seen in young indiana jones him and his father's relationship is not as good as it was in the movie. Right. Now, obviously, as... Things are going to change. Yeah, things will change in Young Indiana Jones. But as we see, it really represents that they have strong, fundamental roots of a relationship. Right, there's a bond there. They're both into archaeology, which we right. don't actually see in Young Indiana Jones. Which not I, as much. I find very interesting. You know, right. We see in the, you know, um, very interested in archaeology and, you know, Exploring the world as a young But they don't correlate age. with that. No, they don't. Right. And in this movie, they're both after the same thing, you know? And that's actually a good point you bring up about the young Indy. I think we, we, we'll we talk about this a little bit more eventually, but the relationship between his uh, Indy's father and Indy in Young Indiana Jones, I think kind of sets an interesting tone on the music when we look at this Last Crusade film as kind of the search for the Holy Grail is almost like the search for Indy's father, right? And their bond kind of comes together. And so I like that we have that kind of like overall message in the end embedded within the music. We've got some classic tracks like 
uh, that really kind of give off that action that we like from indie. On the Tank is a great one. The use of the brass. I really like that. The style and the tone. Right. Overall, it's great. Um, Raiders had to come out for me. It's a classic. Um, I also love my favorite track, which actually you heard uh, today in this episode, Flight from Peru from Raiders of the Lost Ark. To me, that's one of the ones where you can envision the scene right away. Yeah. Right? That's when he's swinging on the rope, which I think we may have mentioned this in the past, but that rope actually in Raiders, you can actually go to Hawaii, which is where that was filmed, even though it was in South America, mm. and you can actually swing on that exact rope. I would love to do that someday. I would love to do that someday as well. Uh, maybe we'll have a little bit of a trip together there. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, overall, Raiders came out on top for me, uh, and I think it was just because the tracks that were in that whole album comprised, when, when I look at the films, I'm looking at each album, and the tracks that I like, so Flight from Peru, right, Escape from the Temple, very, very loud, there's a big tone in that one, and then you got Marion's theme, which is very subtle as well, uh, Indy Follows the Ark, another great one that's a little bit more uh, suspenseful, uh, and then you've got Reunion in the Tent, right, Searching for the Well, uh, which kind of represents that whole scene of him searching around, the map room done, just some great tracks, that, and I wouldn't think of those to kind of go together. I feel like Last Crusade goes together well, but the reason I like Raiders is because they don't go together well, and I think that's kind of what separated this one for me, but overall, love all of the tracks. Um, yeah, I think that kind of closed out today's episode. Uh, of course, plenty more of John Williams to talk about. We'll probably uh, have some more discussions about him in the future. Uh, we may break down some of these tracks a little bit more. Of course, we just mentioned, yeah. we mentioned the ones we like. Um, but to actually talk about them and listen to these tracks a little bit more is great. Um, again, if you're an indie fan and you haven't really explored the soundtrack much, I highly encourage you to do so. Um, listen to these tracks. They're great. Put them on shuffle. I do it all the time. Uh, it's really, really fabulous. They use these in, a, in, the, in the video games as well, which we will eventually get to in the coming weeks. Um, as well as in our uh, episodes, we're also going to use some John Williams music with, uh, incorporated with the one-liners. Uh, so uh, we will definitely talk about the music much, much more. This was just kind of a basis for our favorite soundtracks, yeah. uh, scores, and, and things like that. You know, here's something I wanted to mention before we end here. And... I think they should establish a new genre named John Williams. Like, I know we were joking about it a little earlier in the episode, but I actually think John Williams has composed so much music right. that there could literally be a genre called John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it would be amazing to see, you know, people like that and right. people who would and be I, willing to accept a new genre like oh, yeah. that. And his legacy, I think, has definitely been a major factor in why he is so well-known, right? The legacy he's created, the movies he's been involved with, it's just phenomenal. And so uh, we hope you enjoy the soundtrack as much as we do. We will definitely discuss it again. Eventually, we'll discuss the young Indiana Jones soundtrack. But uh, the soundtracks are something we love. Again, John Williams and what he's able to do incorporating mu music and movies is really something we want to uh, discuss and talk about in this podcast and you'll hear it throughout uh so once again thanks for joining us i'm max and i'm will and until next time so, so long dr jones, jones.